We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Welcome to hour number two, Bruce Hooley Show. Appreciate you joining us. If you ever miss the show, you can catch it on the podcast, which you can find at 989theanswer.com. Click on Listen and Shows, and you'll find the Bruce Hooley Show. And Aaron posts that uh, in short order after the show every day uh, in half-hour increments without commercials. So there you go. Easy way to keep track of what we are talking about. We are talking about Katanji Brown-Jackson's Senate hearing. In Washington, it continues. She's being asked about critical race theory. And that's another one of her. See no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil, tell no truth answers. Katanji Brown-Jackson is on the board, the board, of a Washington private school. Presumably it is where she sends her children to school. Uh, That school chooses to use uh, books by uh, noted race grifters like Ibram X. Kendi, Robin D'Angelo, and others. Some of the books are entitled Critical Race Theory, an Introduction, How to Be an Anti-Racist, The End of Policing, and Anti-Racist Baby. Yet when asked yesterday about how those decisions were made by the board to allow those educational materials to be used, in the private school, whose board on which she sits, uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson was like, uh, I don't know. I was not aware. I had no idea this was going on. Uh, she also refused to answer this question from Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn, which is not only disingenuous and a clear dodge, it's also highly ironic. I'll explain after you listen. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Now, I already pointed out the irony of her saying, I'm not a biologist, which from that you draw the clear inference that I need to be a biologist to determine what is a woman and what is not a woman, which means that you must need, according to that answer, an expertise in biology, which must mean that biology is what determines whether you are a man or a woman, which is definitely not the position of the progressive left. They say that uh, gender has nothing to do. Whether you're a woman or a man has nothing to do. Sex has nothing to do. Biology has nothing to do with whether you're a man or a woman. It's all based on how you feel, how you identify, what your truth is. But the other irony of that is, I would think she'd have to be able to tell what a woman is, since the only reason she's sitting there is because somebody 
In fact, a lot of somebodies at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue believe she's a woman. Right? If she's not a woman, she wouldn't be sitting there. She's got to be a woman, and she's got to be a black woman. Or she would not be under consideration for the job which she is being considered for. So it's irony. It's also a lie. But that wasn't the only obvious question she wouldn't answer yesterday. Here's my personal favorite soundbite in the Senate. John Kennedy with a very simple question. When does life begin, in your opinion? Senator, um, I don't know. (laughs) Ma'am? I don't know. She doesn't know. She gave it a little bit of a, admittedly, lame Kamala Harris laugh there. She doesn't know when life begins. At least she didn't say, I'm not a doctor. If I was a doctor, I'd know when life begins. You know, uh, she says she's not a biologist. She can't determine when, what is a woman and what isn't a woman. I'm not a brain surgeon, but I know what a brain is. I'm not an electrician, but I know what an electrical outlet is. Katanji Brown-Jackson, not a biologist, can't tell you what a woman is, and apparently not a doctor, can't tell you when life begins. So (laughs) this is clearly her attempt to forestall any insight into radical positions she holds, without which she would not be endorsed by virtually every radical, progressive, dark money group out there. Demand Justice, the Open Society Policy Center, which is funded by George Soros, American Atheists, Human Rights Campaign, NARAL, which is, you know, pro-death, Planned Parenthood, pro-death, National Education Association, pro-indoctrination, Southern Poverty Law Center, complete woke organization. She's going to be on this court. She's 51. Stephen Breyer, what is he, 82? RBG was 87. She's going to be on this court for 35 years. 30 to 35 years she's going to be on this court. She has in past speeches extolled the insight of the 1619 Project. As a provocative thesis, 1619 Project denies that the founding of America was 1776. Founding of America was 1619, founded around racial oppression. That is the 1619 Project. She was a member of the U.S. Sentencing Commission, spoke at the University of Chicago, and said that sentencing is just plain interesting because it involves so many different factors including criminal law, constitutional law, and, wait for it, critical race theory. But when asked about critical race theory, she's like, I don't know what it is. I'm not a, oh, she can't say I'm not a lawyer, because she is a lawyer. Now, one of the really annoying habits, and you heard it when I played the soundbite of her answering Tom Cotton's question, or her not answering Tom Cotton's question. Just listen to this momentarily. Listen for the whisper in the background. Murders increased by the fastest rate ever in the United States. Do you know what percentage of murders are solved in America? Majority of cases. I do not. You hear that? Majority of cases. You know who that is? That's Dick Durbin. Dick Durbin couldn't sit in a Jeopardy audience. He's prompting her with the answers to the questions. Which chafed, chafed Lindsey Graham. Every time 
You know, you get your turn, right? Uh, we call on the honorable senator from Louisiana. And then John Kennedy gets up there and gives his homespun southern wisdom. And then you go to the Democratic senator and he licks Katanji Brown's boots. He talks about what a great American she is and how awesome she'll be on the court. It's the dog and pony show that is a Senate confirmation hearing. Except this one has a little bit of a different spin. Every time a Republican senator would question Katanji Brown-Jackson, and before a senator could do damage control, Durbin, who's supposed to be running the thing, presiding as a judge, and of course, you know, for to a Democrat, a judge is just an activist. It's not an, in, not an impartial arbiter. Durbin would, before introducing the Democrat, would go back through what the Republican senator had questioned her on to correct her, which is really condescending to her, as if she's incapable of answering for herself. Lindsey Graham had had enough of this because he was questioning her about why she represented Gitmo detainees. And Durbin provides justification... I don't know, Gitmo, it's not that bad. And Graham decides, all right, I don't have the floor, but now that you're addressing what I had to say, I'm going to retake the floor. the issue of Guantanamo, there are currently 39 Guantanamo detainees remaining. The annual budget for Guantanamo is $540 million per year, which means each of these detainees uh, is being held at the expense of $12 or $13 million per year. If they would be incarcerated at Florence, Colorado, the supermax prison, federal prison, the amount would be dramatically, dramatically less. Since 9-11, nearly 1,000 convicted in the United States on terrorism charges. Since 2009, with the beginning of the Obama administration, the recidivism rate of Guantanamo detainees released is 5%. Mr. Chairman, according to the uh, Director of National Intelligence, is 31%. Somebody is wrong here. If you're going to talk about what I said, I'm going to respond to what you said. If we close Gitmo and move them to Colorado, do you support indefinite detention under the law of war for these detainees? I would just say uh, I'm giving the facts. And I the answer make, is no. I want to make sure that it's clear. The 31% you referred to goes back to the year 2009. What does it matter when it goes back to we had them and they got loose and they started killing people? This is exactly right. Well, I right. could just say that. Uh, if you're one of the people killed in 2005, does it matter to you when we release them? Suggest that a president of your own party released them in. I'm suggesting the system has failed miserably and advocates to change this system like she was in, was was advocating would destroy our ability to protect this country. We're at war. We're not fighting a crime. This is not some passage of time event. As long as they're dangerous, I hope they all die in jail if they're going to go back and kill Americans. It won't bother me one bit if 39 of them die in prison. That's a better outcome than letting them go. And if it costs $500 million to keep them in jail, keep them in jail because they're going to go back to the fight. Look at the friggin' Afghan government. It's made up of former detainees at Gitmo. This whole thing by the left about this war ain't working. Kudos to Lindsey Graham on that. I know a lot of people don't like him. I know that he can be sometimes frustrating in things that he says and positions he take, but he was absolutely 100% dead on on that. Soft on crime is not a position that the Republican Party endorses, and people who commit crime should be held accountable for their actions. It's not just, however, 
and oversight on the federal level or with Gitmo detainees. It's a problem right here in Columbus. And we'll give you the case that is in the local spotlight in that regard next on The Bruce Woolley Show. Well, our old friend Judge Kim Brown is back in the news. You remember Judge Kim Brown. She was one of the juvenile court justices who thought it was a really bad idea, a racist idea, for Columbus police to formulate the initiative Operation Game Over to try to end carjackings and car thefts by juveniles in the city of Columbus. Many are the horror stories of juveniles in the city of Columbus. I said somebody was going to get killed. Somebody did. They found an 18-year-old shot to death in a stolen car a week or so ago. Now, Judge Kim Brown is back, setting bond at an accused murderer at a laughably low rate of $45,000. His name is Michael Rashawn Green. He's 18 years old. On July the 4th, 2020, he was 16 years old. And there was a group of teenagers in South Linden doing what a lot of us do on July the 4th. They were around friends, having a party. And Michael Rashawn Green thought it would be a good idea, prosecutors say, to fire a gun into a crowd of those teenagers. One of his bullets struck and killed 14-year-old India Corley in the head. She was 14, straight-A student, ready for her freshman year, going to be a cheerleader. One minute she's reveling, having fun. The next minute she's clinging to life. A week later she's dead. Well, they finally caught him a week or so ago after looking for him for 18 months. And, of course, he's going to be charged in juvenile court because he was 16 at the time, as if a 16-year-old doesn't know that, hey, it's probably a crime if I fire a gun into a crowd of teenagers, none of whom I have any issue with. Just kind of seems like a fun thing to do. That speaks. The fact that he's charged as a juvenile speaks to how despicably lenient the justice system is with murderers, Car thieves, everybody. Because Kim Brown, the judge who set this bond at $45,000, spitting on the memory of 14-year-old India Corley, who had no involvement at all with gangs or any kind of crime, no rap sheet, nothing. She's growing up in one of the toughest neighborhoods in Columbus. She's got apparently excellent parenting or guardian-type leadership in her life where she's not falling victim to the streets but she falls victim to the streets. And is Kim Brown going to do what she should do about it? Lock this kid up, set a high bail so he can't get out and do this again? No, of course not. Does she know? Does Kim Brown know? That in the interim between the night he murdered India Corley and the time he was arrested and went before Judge Kim Brown, that... 18-year-old Michael Rashawn Green committed other crimes, including two felonies. Does she know that? Yeah, she knew that. She let him out on a $45,000 bond anyway. Imagine if you were her family. Not Kim Brown's family. You'd be ashamed. You'd be 
afraid to show your face in public, the way she's disgracing you with her soft on crime. Hey, hey, Kimbra, you know what? Maybe you'll be a Supreme Court justice someday. You seem to be right there in line with Katanji Brown-Jackson. Family member, Satara Corley, the 29-year-old sister of India Corley, tells the Columbus Dispatch, hearing this, this guy is going to get a $45,000 bond is a huge slap in the face. It just shows how little the people in power care to give this bond. If this was a judge's family member or a family member of someone in power, there's no way they'd give a bond like this. She's right. She's right. And she makes an important point. She says, my sister was the only one who was murdered, but several teens were shot. That could have been a bullet to anybody's head, and he would have been a mass murderer. Why would you give someone a bond like that if they're showing this type of behavior? It's just crazy. It's more than crazy. It's evil. Again, he has two felony charges since the night he murdered this girl by randomly shooting into her and her group of friends. And Kim Brown, the judge, knows this and lets him out anyway on a $45,000 bond. Now, he hasn't posted it yet. But when he does, he'll get an ankle monitor and ask one of the cops in this town how many kids who steal cars are stealing cars while wearing an ankle monitor. It's an astronomical number. The ankle monitor does nothing. You know why the ankle monitor does nothing? Because there are judges like Kim Brown who will set a laughably low bail rate for a murder. So why would a kid who's committing carjackings and car theft fear the consequences of their action when there is relatively no consequence for their action. Here is an FOP officer, Jeff Simpson, president of the local FOP. I don't know if she, Kim Brown, has a soft spot for criminals. (laughs) You don't know? Yes, she does. Or what? But her judgment is getting people hurt. It's insulting to the family and it's insulting to the officers who did the work to bring this guy in. It is, but more insulting is the fact that because Kim Brown is a Democrat, she will get reelected by an overwhelming margin. She gets a D as a judge, but that D gets her reelected.